Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now for our story. Late this afternoon, Randy Lane had returned from a visit with Kit Calvert at the Huntsville Sanitarium, a visit which had important results. For the first time, the young woman had acknowledged a recognition of Randy as the childhood playmate whose loss had affected her life so deeply, and for whom she'd been seeking ever since she was a little girl. Her father had broken up their friendship then, it sent Kit away to school. The bitterness caused by this loss had changed the whole course of Kit's life. Now, however, Randy hoped the young woman might recover her mental health. But Kit was threatened with an indictment for perjury. And Dr. Larrabee felt that if she were exposed to the nervous strain of a trial at this crucial time in her treatment, that all the progress made so far might be nullified. Thoughtfully, Aunt Mary had listened to her son's recital. Then, abruptly, she came to a decision, prepared to leave for Huntsville. Well, now it is early evening as Mary Lane arrives at the home of Gerald Craig and is shown into the district attorney's den. Well, Aunt Mary Lane. Good evening, Gerald. Well, this is a surprise and a pleasure. Now, please sit down, won't you, Aunt Mary? Thank you, Gerald. My, but you're looking well. Especially for such a busy man. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Lately, it seems to me I've been aging by the minute. Every morning, I find a new crop of gray hair. <laughs> You just imagine you do. I only wish you were right, Aunt Mary. Oh, goodness, Gerald. You'll make me feel like an ancient, considering I can remember only too clearly when you were knee-high to a grasshopper. <laughs> remember the time you and your husband saved me from drowning? <laughs> Indeed I do. You were the newly married young woman then. <laughs> Randolph and I pulled you out of the river at the swimming hole down by the Three Forks Bridge. Ah, uh, that was one of the worst moments in my life. <laughs> We took you home with us until your mother could come and get you. Meanwhile, regaling me on apple pie and milk. <laughs> oh, those were the days, Aunt Mary. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's odd when you realize all that's happened since then. Two wars, jet planes, guided missiles, and all the rest of it. Well, there have been good things, too. Oh, yes. Some good things. But I wonder if they balance the bad. Well, isn't it our job to see that they do, Gerald? Our individual responsibility to help make the good outweigh the bad? Oh, yes, theoretically, I suppose. But the trouble is, Aunt Mary, a man gets involved in his work, the day-to-day -day routine. It doesn't leave him much time for reading up on what's going on, thinking and studying. I know, Gerald. It's difficult for anyone, but especially a man like you, a man as busy as you are, as successful. <laughs> Heavens knows I'm busy. I'm successful, too. You've done a good job as district attorney. Oh, I'm happy to know you're one voter who's well pleased. Or, wait a minute, maybe you're not? What makes you ask? Well, the look that passed over your face just now. Perhaps well pleased wasn't a happy choice of words. Is that the reason for your visit, Aunt Mary? You want to register your disapproval of something? Disapproval? Well, that depends on the reason behind it. Well, what is it, Aunt Mary? But frankly, Gerald, I'm puzzled. Puzzled? In what way? 
I'd like to know something about Kit Calvert's case. Oh. I'm not sure, Aunt Mary. I understand what you mean. From what I've heard, you plan to indict Kit for perjury. Is that true? Why, yes. I see. Don't you believe in lawbreakers being punished? Oh, that's a silly question, Gerald. Of course I do. But let me ask you something. Do you know that Kit Calvert is a very sick girl? Well, I know she's been at the sanitarium, if that's what you mean. Have you talked to her doctor, Martin Larrabee? Yes, I have. Dr. Larrabee and I have had several rather long sessions. I see. Yet, despite what he's told you, you still plan to go ahead with the trial? Yes. And you plan to bring her to trial right away? That's right. Then, Gerald, I can't believe you really understand her illness or how a trial right now might affect her. I think I do, Aunt Mary. To begin with, you see, I'm not convinced she's actually ill. Oh, you don't mean that. You're surprised. And yet, what proof is there? I should think her doctor's diagnosis would be sufficient proof. Sometimes, Aunt Mary, a man can convince himself of something simply because he wants to believe it. Gerald, what possible reason would Dr. Larrabee have for wanting to believe Kit Calvert is ill if she isn't? I can think of several reasons. For instance? Possibly the prestige of curing her of an ailment. Imaginary or otherwise. That's nonsense, Gerald. Kit's ailment, as you call it, is far from imaginary. Or it might be, Aunt Mary, that someone else has an interest in her case. Someone who wants it to look as if she were mentally unbalanced. Isn't that a rather far-fetched idea? I don't think so. It might be an attempt to shield Miss Calvert from the consequences of the crime she committed right here in Huntsville some time ago. The crime of perjury. Surely you don't deny the girl is guilty. No, of course I don't. But I do think she's in no condition to be tried at this time. And I say, Aunt Mary, that's a matter of opinion. Surely her doctor's opinion is not to be tossed aside so lightly. And Gerald, he's terribly concerned about it. You see, right now, Kit is just on the verge of complete recovery. Another month or two and she'll be all right. That is, if everything goes along as it is now, if the treatment isn't interrupted. But don't you see, Aunt Mary, you're basing all this on the assumption that the girl's actually ill. Of course I am. While I'm of the opinion she's deliberately shamming. Now, don't forget, Aunt Mary, perjury can carry a sentence of as much as ten years, sometimes more. But that being the case, a person might go to such lengths to avoid trial. Then you honestly believe Kit's illness isn't genuine? That she's only pretending to be ill? The only logical assumption I can make. I see. Well, Gerald, I'm afraid you're making a very serious mistake. Aunt Mary, do you mind my asking why you're so interested in Kit Calvert's case? Ever since I was a youngster, I've known the Lanes and the Calverts were at swords points. Everyone's known it. So it seems odd that you're being so concerned about Ben Calvert's daughter. What becomes of it? That's not difficult to explain, Gerald. For one thing, my son Randy is involved in Kit's case. Randy? Well, I'm not a gossip, Aunt Mary, but I usually manage to keep in touch with local doings and people. I've certainly never been aware of any connection between Randy and Kit Calvert. There hasn't been any connection until just lately. Since Kit's been at the sanitarium, that is. But they did know each other when they were children. I see. But surely that has nothing to do with the present. But it has. When Kit became ill, and she is ill, Gerald, whether you believe it or not, the whole thing came out. You see, Randy and Kit were good friends when they were children. Ben broke up their friendship, and somehow it had a very damaging effect on Kit as she grew up. 
And even after she was an adult. Excuse me for saying so, Aunt Mary, but this all sounds more like melodrama than actual fact. That may be, Gerald. Because you have quite a lot to learn about the causes and the treatment of mental illnesses. Well, maybe, Aunt Mary. It's always seemed to me there's a good deal of hocus-pocus surrounding the subject. Mm-hmm. And at one time, Gerald, people said the same thing about gasoline engines, telephones, and airplanes. <laughs> you mean my thinking is old-fashioned? Could be, when it comes to psychiatry. In any case, what I'm telling you are facts, Gerald. After all these years of looking for this childhood friend, that is Randy, she's found him now, and it's made a great difference in her already. According to Dr. Larrabee, Kit's realization that Randy is her childhood friend might be the very thing that'll bring her back to mental health. I'm afraid it all sounds rather involved to me. But the flaw, the danger is, that if her improvement is interrupted by a nervous strain right now, a strain such as a public trial, she might have a relapse and may never recover. Don't you see, Gerald? I know what you want me to say, Aunt Mary. Unfortunately, I'm unable to say it. I have my duty to perform, the duties for which I was elected. Now, look, if Larrabee isn't satisfied, let him ask for a commission to be appointed to establish the girl's sanity. If the commission reports that she's not fit to stand trial at this time, that'd be another story. But Dr. Larrabee feels that even the hearing before the commission is inadvisable, with Kit in her present condition. In that case, I'm afraid Larrabee's out of luck. I am awfully sorry to disappoint you, Aunt Mary, but I've got to ask the grand jury for an indictment immediately. Although Gerald Craig spoke with firm decision, inwardly he was ill at ease. He respected Aunt Mary very much and was actually tempted to give in to her wishes. But he remembered only too vividly a conversation he'd had recently with Kit Calvert's father, a talk during which Bennett implied Craig's career as a public officer would be threatened unless he took action on Kit's perjury trial at once. <laughs> 